Harvest Church. Are you all awake? Are you all full of turkey and dressing? Did you get your fill of that? And pumpkin pie. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm glad you're here today. Who are we here to worship? Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we thank you for this day. And we come into your presence this morning with thanksgiving and in your courts with praise. We glorify you, Jesus, our soon coming King. Father, I pray every today that every heart is a good ground to receive the, the living Word of God. I thank you every ear is a listening ear and every eye is open to see, grasp and understand the wonderful truths in your Word. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>
give everything and I enter into the presence of the King with my hands lifted up here's my offering as I enter in Harvest Church, you're in the presence of your Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's here today. Can you sense His presence? We worship you, our Creator, Lord Jesus, our Savior. And we're so careful to honor you in reverential fear and respect. Jesus, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise this morning. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you to teach us this morning. We rely on you, Holy Spirit, our comforter, our strengthener, our advocate, our helper, our intercessor. You're all those to us. And all God's people said, Amen. <coughs> you may be seated. While you prepare your tithes and offerings, um, let me give you a few quick announcements. So the devotionals are in. They're three months worth, December, January, and February. We, the, our main purpose is just to get these into your hands and hands of other people. So they're back there. Help yourself. They do cost us $3. If you want to help towards that, just put the money in the offering, and we appreciate that. So those are back there. Take them. We have plenty. Um, Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, Patriots United. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock is our midweek service. And next Sunday at 9.15 is Donut Day. And you don't want to, you want to make sure you get here on time for that. Or some, I think last time we ran out of donuts. So we'll order a few more and be here by 9.15. Today we're going to do just something a little bit different for your tithes and offerings. If you have them ready, would you stand up, please? I believe that giving of tithes and offerings is as much worship as as this is and we need to make sure that we take time and thank God for all that he's blessed us with so I'm going to pray and you just be in agreement with me with that heavenly father in the name of Jesus we thank you father for this year that all that you have blessed us with we thank you that you are the God that is more than enough that you're the God that supplies all of our need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus that you are the God that give us the ability to get wealth that we might establish your covenant upon the earth we thank you that you have blessed us exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think and we bring these tithes and offerings to you as worship and praise and thanksgiving, and we ask that you receive them with our love, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, and the ushers will...
Amen. How many are visiting for the first time? Never been here before, Harvest Church. Well, God bless you. Steve, you've been here before. You're just a confused sheep. Amen. Amen. We've been on a subject. We were on the anointing, and now we're on the subject. Do you remember what the subject's about? I forgot. Could you enlighten me? The army of God. Is that Laura back there? God bless you. I guess the rest of you just need to sit on the edge of your seat and wake up. I want to go ahead. I'm going to review quickly. And then we're going to go into some new material. But uh, I defined army to you. And I don't know if you wrote it down or it's in your notes. But it's men and women organized and disciplined for battle. Men and women organized and disciplined for battle. So, should you be organized as a believer, as a Christian? Should you be disciplined? Yes, for sure. We also said that um, there were three commands that, that God gave Israel. And it not only applies to Israel, but it applies to the church today. It's very fitting. Number one, do not be afraid. Say it. Do not be afraid. Number two, stand still and watch God's deliverance. Wake up. You don't want to upset the preacher today, do you? The third one was hold your peace and be quiet. Amen. Now, I gave you a spiritual truth. How many of you believe you're in the army of God? Well, there, there's a group of people today in the body of Christ, and, and they're the remnant. Now, you might say you're in the army of God, but there are a lot of Christians that are not in the army of God. They think they are. But there is the remnant that knows what's going on, and they're discerning the hour in which they live. We said to become enlisted in this end-time army, one must go through the boot camp of the Holy Spirit and have all the carnal ways of warfare burned out of him. No allegiance to the flesh can be tolerated. Our defeat in the heat of battle will be inevitable. God has given the Spirit's power to burn all fleshly desires out of these frontliners and baptize them totally in His fire. Amen? We said there were two baptisms. We said that John the Baptist's baptism represents the new birth and the baptism of Jesus places the believer in the Spirit. So there's two separate baptisms. Amen? We said the purpose of fire was to purify and refine or to destroy. We said that that fire will purge us from all sin. Amen? We said God's fire sets people free. When you and I are free of self, say free of self. Anyone here have a little self left in you? Free of self, free of sinful lust that keep us bound in God's life and the anointing of the Spirit can flow freely through us to others. We said you and I cannot, we should not run from our tests and trials. We can learn from the life of Christ that He too suffered tests and trials, but He was victorious. And I'll tell you what, He intends for the body of Christ today to be victorious. Amen? Now, we're going to go on and talk about how to qualify for special forces. I like, I'm, most men like, you know, war movies, action, amen. And I, I get on YouTube and I really enjoy watching Army Rangers, SEALs, Navy SEALs. Have you ever seen or, or studied anything about these guys? It's remarkable what they go through to become a SEAL or become an Army Ranger. And uh, we need a few of those spiritually in the body of Christ. Amen. And it's not only just <coughs> physical torture that they go through, but they also have to deal with what? Their mind. Their mind. And uh, we just watched the other night, you ought to help me remember his name, Caleb, because you got us on watching the first one. The actor that went 
Chris Hemsworth, did a series on stress. He, he, he deals with, I don't know if you know who he is. What, what's he in the Marvel series? He's something, Thor or somebody. But he deals with a lot of stress, and so they're putting him through all these tests. And the first one was in Australia. There's this huge, huge, I don't know how high it is, if you remember how high it was. But there's this, this crane that goes out, and he was three days to get ready to walk. Of course, he was strapped in and had a safety rope. He had to walk across this narrow crane with nothing beneath him. And so the psychologist was trying to teach him how to deal with his stress. And it's a series, this was the first one, and so he goes through all these different tests because he can learn to control his what? Thinking. And there's a lot of believers today, if you can control your thought life and not yield to squirrely thinking, you're going to be successful. Amen? So, we're going to learn how to qualify for special forces. When an individual develops a disciplined lifestyle of setting himself or herself apart from the world to seek the Lord, the fire of God will be present both to destroy and to build. Let me read that once more. When an individual develops a disciplined lifestyle of setting himself apart from the world to seek the Lord, the fire of God will be present both to destroy and to build. Look at Joshua chapter 3. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 3. How to qualify for special forces. This is where Israel is getting ready to cross the Jordan River. So let's pick up in chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Look at verse 5. This is what I want you to see. We're talking about how to become a member of special forces in the army of God. And Joshua said to the people, what did he say? Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify. What sanctify means? It, it, in the Bible here it tells me the, that people were asked to divorce themselves from anything that was unclean and to devote themselves holy to the Lord. So sanctification means consecration and dedication to God. And sad to say, there are, there are a majority of Christians today throughout the world that are not sanctified. You can't tell if they're in the world or they're in Christ. There's no separation. It's what Apostle Mike calls brother blend-in. And see, there's a separation coming. It's, it's going on right now. But it's important you and I begin to look at our lives and ask God, is there anything in me? Is there any world left in me that I have to separate myself from? Anybody here? You have to deal with something in your life. We all do. We're all works in progress. But if we're going to be a member of special forces in the remnant of God, the army of God, then you and I are going to have to deal, and we don't like to think about this, especially in the holiday season. We've got to deal with the flesh. Boy, it's real quiet in this Lutheran church today. We're going to... All of us have areas in our flesh that we're going to have to deal with. Amen? Look at 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Talking about being a good soldier. And here, this is where the Apostle Paul addresses... Pastor Timothy, 
In chapter 2, 2 Timothy, it says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Now look at verse 3. You therefore must what? Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he, may, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. A good soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of the world. Amen? A good soldier is under authority and seeks to please the one who put him in that position. Amen? Now look at Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. You know this well. This is a familiar passage of Scripture. It says, I beseech you, verse 1, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be what? Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Look at James 4. I'm giving you some scriptures, but they're in there in your outline. James 4 and verse 4. This is pretty direct. Adulterers and adulteresses. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now that's, that's eye-opening. If we got one foot in the world and one foot in the body of Christ in the church, what is that? What are we called? Enemies of God, but you're called an adulterer, an adulteress. That's pretty eye-opening, isn't it? Are there any of those in the world? <laughs> Is there any of those in the church? Sad to say yes. But he's making a statement here. In the hour in which we live, we can't live in the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not to talk like the world. We're not to act like the world. We don't, you know really need to look like the world, do we? I've got nothing against tattoos and earrings. It doesn't bother me a bit. But, every one of us here in this room right now, you know where you're at, I would hope. And if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this hour, you're going to know there's some areas in your life that you're going to have to deal with. That I'm going to have to deal with. If we're going to be effective soldiers in the army of God. Member of special forces. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you four characteristics. So you can keep track. So when you know I get to four, we're about done. So just Relax. Four characteristics of God's army. If you're a good soldier, then you're going to line up with these four characteristics. Look at First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to look at David. Was David a warrior? Yes. He was a warrior. The first characteristic is of this if you're going to be a good soldier in the army of God, is godly aggressiveness. Say it. Godly aggressiveness. Say it once more. Godly aggressiveness. You and I are going to have to learn how to be aggressive. So I, I found this in 1 Samuel 17, and this is a good example. David's a wonderful example of this. How many of you know the story of David and Goliath? Yeah. And in verse 48, so it was... When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David. Now, what was he? A giant. That David hurried 
and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Is that aggressive? Now, if you had a ten-foot giant in front of you, how aggressive would you be? Amen? Let's say if a ten-foot giant walked in the door, how many of you security people are going to run to the giant? You know what? I can say this with all assurance. I know I've got men in this church that would run to the enemy. Well, I've got a few amens. David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Look at Psalm 18. Psalm 18. So you and I are going to have to learn how to be more aggressive spiritually. Psalm 18. Look at verse 31. What did David say? For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. <clears throat> You know what? If I lived back then, I'd want to follow David. Amen? And you know what? There are men and women in the body of Christ today have that same spirit. Spirit of a warrior. And do we need warriors today? Yes, we do. Look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27. In verse 1. David says, The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid when the wicked came in against me to eat up my flesh? My enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. Do you see an attitude there? An aggressive attitude? We need to be like that today. We can't cower in fear. You know what infuriates me? Is, is people still wearing masks. You'll go to public places, and granted, if they have a, a condition, I understand that. But there are people today that are still living two years ago. Amen? And if you have that kind of mentality, you're not going to be a member of the special forces. Amen? Now, the other, uh, it was November 8th on a Wednesday here, a few Wednesdays ago, and we were praying, we got done, and I heard the Spirit of God say to me, hold the line. Say, hold the line. What's a hold line mean? Stand your ground. Don't retreat. I went home, and how many of you know who Dutch Sheets is? <laughs> I got on. For some reason, I usually don't do that. On Wednesday night, I went right home, turned it on. Do you know what his podcast was that Wednesday night? Entitled, Hold the Line. So I knew the Spirit of God was speaking something to the body of Christ. And so, what I did the next week, I, I found... Uh, how many of you watched the movie The Patriot? One of my favorite movies. And then, towards the end of the, the movie, um, Mel Gibson is... You know, the Patriots are moving forward toward the British. And then, all of a sudden, the line st starts to falter, and, and they start retreating and running. And what's he do? He grabs the flag, the American flag... And he runs ahead. Hold the line! Hold the line! And pretty soon some of his men follow suit. And they held the line. And they prevailed. And they won. That's the way we need to be as Christians in this hour. Not weak. Full of fear. But strong. And bold. And aggressive. See, we have an enemy out there. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen? There is a devil, folks. He's very real. And you better know how he works. Amen?
and what his tactics are. Everyone say, hold the line again. Number two, look at Numbers 13. We're on two. That means we have two more after this. Then you can go. I'm just giving this, these people that are visiting, you know, I don't want them to get too nervous. And see, there's two leaving right there. I suppose they got to fly somewhere. <laughs> Happy trails. Numbers 13. Everyone say, godly aggressiveness. Number two, godly attitude. Godly attitude. And here we see it in Numbers 13 in the nation of uh, Israel. And the spies are sent into Canaan. And now let's look at verse 30. They go in and <laughs> this is the attitude of Caleb and Joshua. Verse 30 says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are what? Well able to overcome it. For we are what? Now, is that an attitude? Did the rest of the nation have that attitude? No, they did not. They didn't want to go in and, and take the land because of the giants. But see, they, under, they were men under authority, Caleb and Joshua. And as a result, in the end, they were blessed. Look over at another chapter. Look at chapter 14. Look at verse, verse 6. After all the turmoil and all the nation of Israel, they begin to gripe and complain. I warn you, folks. Watch your complaining. I warn you, body of Christ, watch the words of your mouth. If all you do is whine and complain, you can forget about being a member of any force. Amen. But look at this in verse 6. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephna, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He'll bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. What were the words of their mouth? Positive. They believed God. It says, if the Lord delights in us, then He'll bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now, is that an attitude? See, and that's the kind of attitude that we need to have right now, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the government. We need to have that kind of, where we believe God. We trust in His Word. If God be for us, who can be against us? Say that. If God be for us, who can be against us? Kingdom warriors never say, I can't or I won't. Kingdom warriors never say, I can't or I won't to God's commands. It's important to know, now, now listen to this, it's important to know, that God only strengthens us when we're fighting His war and not our own. That's important. Let me say that again. It's important to know that God only strengthens us or empowers us or anoints us when we're fighting His war, not ours. The devil will distract you by causing you to fight circumstances and problems that don't have anything to do with what God's doing. If he can distract you, and the devil's good at it, if he can distract you and get you to focus on something else that breeds fear in your life, then he's got you where he wants you. Amen? A godly attitude will deliver us from, the, from this phrase, I'll do what I want mentality. A godly attitude will deliver us from the I'll do what I want mentality. It can't be that way anymore in the church. It's not what you want. It's not what I want. It's what our commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, wants. Don't ever forget that. 
Amen. Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise in heart will receive commands. So if you can't receive commands, you're not what? And what are you? A fool. If you have issues and troubles with, if God's told you to do something, and you're not doing it, then you're not wise, and you're a fool. I could go off on that, but I won't. Let's go to number three. What was the first one? What was first characteristic? If you're going to be a member of special forces in God's army, godly aggressiveness, number two, a godly attitude, and number three, godly associations. Say it. Godly associations. What's that mean? Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. He who walks with wise men will be wise. I've, I've used this all the years. You probably get tired of it. My father was a, a, a golfer, and he was an amateur golfer. And he was very good, and he used to tell me, Son, Mike, if you want to play good golf, then play with good golfers. I never forgot that. He told me other things too, but I can't tell you that. <laughs> Lighten up. Soldiers can smile. It's, you are who you hang around. You want to learn how to hunt? And hang around a good hunter. Amen? You want to learn how to play soccer? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your team. You didn't get first place, but it was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Did something stir in you when you went down there? Yeah. Like to take it, do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, how many how many soccer players are on that team? Twenty seven. How many from other countries? Twenty four different countries represented. Let me ask you something. Are they good? Yeah. Yeah, Europe seems to understand soccer. Has it improved your game? You're better at the end of this year than you were at the beginning, aren't you? Yeah, because you're playing with good players. You want to be a good Christian? A strong believer? Then you better hang around the people that know the Word of God. It can't be now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's what I was taught to pray. Isn't that comforting? Put your child to bed with that prayer. If you're going to be strong today, a strong Christian, an aggressive Christian, with the right attitude, then you're going to have to know the Word of God. So you should, it would behoove you to hang around people that know the Word of God. Would you agree with that? The right relationships will either help us or hurt us. Godly associations means being in covenant. Now listen, this is a good one. Godly associations means being in covenant with a local church that knows its position in God's army and is listening to the Holy Spirit. Godly associations means being in covenant with a local church that knows its position in God's army, and is listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, if anything, folks, the tribe of Ishakar had understanding of the times. And you better go to a church that has understanding of the times, or you'll be wearing a mask and be cowering in fear the rest of your life. I'm proud to say this church never closed. If anything, we were out in Easter, remember? Out standing on the ark preaching the Word of God. We didn't close down. Amen? Everyone say number four. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. There's eight. I should have told you that. No, number four. What was the first one? What was the second one? What was the third one? 
associations. Number four is godly applications. Look at Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. I want to pastor a church full of strong, bold, aggressive believers. Matthew chapter 8. I love this. This is about the centurion. Say centurion. What's, an, what's a godly application? Before we read the passage, let me tell you. A godly application of God's Word is obedience. Say obedience. This individual is a doer of God's Word and not a hearer only. A good soldier is under authority and obedient to every command of his superior. Here we have a great example in verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only what? Speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Wow. What did this centurion understand? What did he understand? He understood authority. If his commanding officer said, do this, did he do it? Or did he argue with him? But how many times in the body of Christ, a preacher or somebody else in the church can say, do this, and they'll just look at you and say, no, I'm going to do it my way. And then what happens? They fall down. Then they come back, and who do they blame? The preacher or God. See, we're living in an hour, folks. We're going to have to learn how to be obedient. Boy, it's awful quiet here. You and I are going to have to learn when God speaks to us, we need to say, yes, sir. Think a Navy SEAL or Army Ranger would argue with their superior officer? No. It's not my will. It's your will be done. James 1 verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be what? Doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You know there are people that go to church every Sunday that are deceived. Because they think their church attendance is all that it takes. They come on Sunday morning and they listen to the preacher. Yeah, that was the Word of God. That was good. And then they go out and they live like the devil. They act like the devil. They talk like the devil. Oh, it's quiet here. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only. What are you today? You don't need to raise your hand. God knows what you are. Now, I'm going to close with this. There's a prophetic anointing on this church. And uh, Timothy Scott got this December or November 12th. So just a little over a week ago. And he was going down the highway. I wish he was here, but he's not. We're going to pray for his grandpa's. Pete's in the hospital, going to have surgery today. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Scott was going down the, the road, and he had a vision. And I, don't, I said, my God, if I had a vision, where would I end up? <laughs> in the ditch, maybe. No, I shouldn't say that. But it was, one of, it was, it was an open vision, and it just, just like that, it, it didn't last long. But I'm going to read it to you. You want to, you want to listen to what the Spirit of God was sharing with him? 
It's entitled, It's Time to Choose. Say, It's Time to Choose. He says, the Spirit of God, this is what he saw, the line that was once drawn in the sand will be no more. He said, I saw great shaking in the natural that consumed the lukewarm at this point of idleness. It was a warning to choose, but some chose not to move. The line split open and separated the world from the things of God, and those that chose to stay in the middle were consumed by the opening. The two sides were distinct by nature, light and darkness. In the darkness were those that chose to serve the things of the world, just what we've talked about today. Lust, desires of the flesh, idolatry, a clinging to their kingdoms. Those in the light were in the fields tending to the harvest. And there were shepherds tending to the sheep, fulfilling the great commission, moving with fire and power, healing the sick and raising the dead. There was no longer confusion of whom we served. Those in the light only got brighter as they walked in the power and authority that the Lord gave them. So do you see that? There's a line drawn. Pretty soon that line's going to be gone. Sobering, isn't it? But we live in those kind of times, folks. We don't play church anymore. We are the church. So we better act like the church. Amen? Now, I will end this if you can give me those four points. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Now, if I asked you the question, do you want to be in the Lord's army? How many of you go, oh, I don't know after this. <laughs> See, that's where most Christians are. This isn't that kind of church. It's that kind of church. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you were to die... Let me ask you, where would you go? You have one of two choices. Heaven and eternity with God, your Creator, or hell. Home of demons. Scripture tells us in Ecclesiastes that God has put eternity in the heart of men. That means on the inside you know there's, there's something that's out there that's bigger than you. And I want you to know that God the Father loves you today. And Scripture tells us that He gave Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, to come to earth as a man. Walk the earth as a man. Touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He died on a cross for you and I. He bore your sin, your sickness, your diseases, your shame, your guilt. He was buried and He was resurrected to new, to new life. And that life He's given us. When you receive Jesus Christ, He is the truth, He is the life, and He is the way. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to know, salvation is free. It can't be earned. It's a gift. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He's the only way to the Father. He conquered sin. He conquered the grave for you and I. 
For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm not going to belabor this, but if you're here today and you say, Pastor Mike, if I were to die right now, I don't know where I'd go. But I want to make sure, when I take my last breath, I'm going to heaven. If you're here today, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to acknowledge you. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you've never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Slip your hand up and slip it down. Amen. Now look at me. Maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe you're wondering what that's all about. It's all about Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about eternal life. Amen. God loves you and He's got a plan and a purpose for you. So follow after that. Now, is there anyone here today that you need prayer for your physical body? Your sickened body? Amen. And I want my prayer team to come on, come on up. You know who you are if you're on my prayer team. And then we're going to pray for Pete. He's got an a infection in his spine, and then he's having hip surgery, right, this morning? Fractured hip. Are they going to do surgery for that or just for the spine? Just for the spine. So let me, let's pray and get in agreement with, with Scott and Angela for Pete. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, you guide the hands of the surgeons so that they skillfully operate on him. Without any complication, Lord, we bind up complications and we thank you, Lord God, for supernatural speedy recovery for Pete. You love him. He's your child and healing's the children's bread. And so we bind fear and we lose peace and we lose faith. We lose hope upon him this day. You sent your word to heal Pete and deliver him in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, ma'am. In your back, we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release that anointing, that healing anointing in her back. We speak to her back, every ligament, tendon, muscle, joint, bone. We say, come in line in the wonderful name of Jesus. For healing is in the name. And so we speak that healing name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Boy, there's an anointing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Full recovery for that back. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You're a good receiver. Amen. Yes. Okay. Let's pray. I'm I'm just want to be really sensitive today because if you did raise your hand and I didn't see it, then let's pray this prayer and I'll lead you. Is that all right? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus died on a cross for me. He bore my sin. He bore my shame. He bore my disease. And by His stripes I'm healed. Father, Your Word states, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ... And believe in our heart, God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. I call you Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I receive you now. I believe I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, born again, headed for heaven, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. Amen. 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 Boy, I tell you, every week, folks, the anointing's increasing. Why? Because He anointed us to go about doing good and healing all that are sick and oppressed by the devil. Amen. So go out, be a member of special forces this week. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Have a good week.